to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a Garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for coming to the program, and I trust that what we have to say to you will be of great help. You know, the we ask the Lord a lot of questions, but God also has a lot of questions to ask us. As we go through the Bible, we find God asking different people various questions. And so what I want to talk about this morning is the questions that God asks and what do these have as far as an impact on us and on the people they were talking to, he was talking to, and uh, the people that do things in the past and God asked questions also can relate to us today. So having said that, let's start out with the first question that we're going to talk about uh, you know, Adam and Eve were put in a perfect garden, and uh, the Lord had told Adam, said, "Now you eat of all the gar- all the trees in this garden, but there's one that I don't want you to eat, and that is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the time that you eat that, you're going to die." And so. No doubt uh, Adam told Eve likewise, and she knew what she was supposed to do as well. But along comes the serpent, which is the devil, and he begins to question Eve. And he said, now, did God really say that? You know, the devil, uh, the kind of questions he asks brings confusion, leads us away from God. And there are uh, those kind of questions that the devil will ask us in tempting us. But uh, that's not uh, just passing by on that. And so one thing led to another, and Eve ate the fruit that they weren't supposed to eat of, and then turns around and gives it to Adam, and Adam ate it, and then... The first question the Lord asked is this, where are you? He's talking to Adam. He's saying, Adam, where are you? Now, uh, Adam said, when I heard your voice, I hid myself. And then the Lord says, and he said, I was naked and I hid myself. And the Lord said, uh, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree that I told you not to eat of? So all the time, the Lord knows what the answer to these questions are. But he wants Adam and Eve to think about the seriousness of what they did. And uh, God asks us questions sometimes. And he might ask the same kind of questions to us. Where are you? What have you done? Is another question that comes later when he asked uh, 
Eve. He asked the woman, he asked Eve, what have you done? And the answers that were given showed that they did not understand the seriousness of the situation. Because where was Adam? Well, he was in relationship with God. But when he rebelled against God, he lost that relationship and uh, brought the wrath of God not only upon him, but as we read in other parts of the Bible, that turning away from God there also brought sin upon the whole world. And people were born in sin. And so what did Eve do? She brought a lot more misery and stuff into the human race than she had any idea. Many times we see things and and they look good to us and we don't think about the consequence that follows, not only to ourselves, but to the people all around us. And in this case, it brought it to the whole human race. And so uh, the Lord began at the serpent and he said because you've done this you're cursed and you're going to crawl on your belly from now on in and we know that the serpent is representative of the devil now not every snake we see is the devil we know that it's just a regular animal but the devil used this particular creature to trip up Adam and Eve, and bring sin into the world. So what did they do? They did a lot more than what they thought. We look at things and we think, well, that's not very harmful. It won't make any difference to anyone else if I do that. A lot of times people say, well, my life, uh, it's my life. I can do with it anything I want to. And You don't tell me what to do. I'll do it the way I want. And sometimes that's a good idea if we're talking to the right person and we're in the right situation. Because the Bible does tell us that we ought to obey God rather than man. But when we tell God that, when we tell people that are trying to help us to love God and to serve Him and things like that, then we get ourselves in trouble. So a lot depends on what we're doing and what the outcome is going to be is is whether we do what God tells us to do or we do what someone else tells us to do. And um, if we do what someone tells us that's contrary to what God tells us, the result never comes out good. There's always a bad consequence that follows, just like with Adam and Eve here. There was a terrible consequence. Not only were they uh, in, in a way that they were away from God from what they did have, but the, next, the 15th verse here, it, it tells us that the Lord... Uh, um, the, the Lord brought pain into Eve's 
bringing forth children. And Adam and Eve were chased out of the garden and was not allowed to be in the garden anymore. And all of it just seemed like one thing after another started going downhill when they decided to do what they wanted to do and what the devil was suggesting to them rather than what God wanted. Things always go downhill when we decide we're going to do things our way rather than God's way. You know, people don't want anyone else ruling over them, and they don't even want God ruling over them. They say, it's my life, and I want to do it the way that I want. But they don't realize that when we do things God's way, it's always the best way. God created us for a particular reason, and when we follow the path that God wants us to follow, then we'll find ourselves doing much better than otherwise. If Adam and Eve had not disobeyed the Lord, things would be a lot different with us today than they are now. All the wars and fighting and all the misery and all the disappointments and frustrations and everything that that the human race has faced down through their down through time all started back here in the garden when Adam and Eve decided they would do what God told them not to do and the thing is the same today if we do what God tells us to do we can be a blessing to a lot of people we can be an encouragement the Holy Spirit will come into our lives and help us to love God, love others, help us to have the right attitudes toward things, lead us into all truth, and uh, we can be a blessing to ourselves, a blessing to others. We can be an encouragement to everyone. We're not a curse, is what I'm trying to say. But if we should decide to go our way, then we see what is happening all around us. And things never get any better. As a result of Adam and Eve disobeying God, they had two children that were quite different from each other. One of them decided to love God and to serve Him, and the other one decided he'd do it his way. And so... uh, They're Cain and Abel. Cain decides that he's going to do what he wants to do, and he's going to do it his way. And when he did it, it didn't work out too well. Then he got mad about it and uh, began to think that God's not fair. Here, uh, Abel's over there, and he's being blessed of the Lord, and uh, God is not blessing me. And the Lord said, Well, sin is lying at your door. It's getting ready to destroy you. You've got to destroy it first. But Cain didn't listen. So one thing led to another, and what appeared to be just a little spat turned out to be a terrible thing again. And so Cain killed his brother. 
And then he buried him, thinking that that was the end of it. And God came along and he said, where is your brother? And Cain said, um, am I my brother's keeper? You see, one thing led into another. It just got worse and worse. And uh, so Cain turned out to be a vagabond. He was completely away from God. And and so we had the tribe that followed. And it wasn't a pretty picture. We're at the end of our first, we're, we're ready for our first break. And so I'm Howard Eugene Wright. We're, I'm hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Now, more Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. We're talking about questions that God asked us. Many times we want to ask God questions, why this and why that and so on and so forth, but it's important that we know the questions that God is asking us because when God asks us questions, he has a good reason for it. Uh, Most of everything in God's kingdom is yes and no, but when God starts questioning things, we need to set up and ask ourselves, why is God doing this? And um, so we're we're getting ready for the second question, the next series of questions that God um, is asking. And so um, um, And so we we have the question of uh, uh, Mo- God asking a question to Moses, and uh, he's talking to Moses about going over and helping deliver the children of Israel from bondage. They had been in bondage for over four hundred years, and the Egyptians were getting worse and worse, and were uh, making them do things for them, and and uh, it was really a terrible situation. And God heard the mourning and the saw the condition that the children of Israel were in, and so he determined that he was going to deliver them, but he was going to use Moses. The Lord always uses people to do his work, and a lot of times the people that he uses are not the best qualified in the world. You notice that when Jesus came and was using, was getting his disciples, he uh, called fishermen and, and uh, people like that. And so here's Moses that he's over there in the desert. He was supposed to have been in Egypt, but he uh, knew that God was going to use him to deliver the 
children of Israel before, 40 years earlier. And so uh, he messed up at that time and was ran out of Egypt. And here he is over in the desert. And, and God comes and starts talking to him and tells him that he wants him to go back to Egypt and help deliver the uh, children of Israel and bring them into the promised land. And Moses uh, is not too excited about that. He said, now, wait a moment, Lord, uh, you must be mistaken. I'm I'm kind of paraphrasing this. He said, uh, surely you can use someone else better than you could use me. And um, another thing about it, he was pretty content where he was at. He knew what a mess he had made before, and he, he was afraid maybe he'd make it again. You know, maybe that was some of the things that was going through his mind. And um, everything like that, and and um, he was saying, I I can't talk right, I can't do right. I'm, uh, why don't you find someone else? And on and on he went. But he was calling uh, Lord, and he was being respectful to him. He was just um, couldn't see how God would call him to do such a big task. But the Lord uh, wanted to show him that he was able to to work through him. So the question the Lord asked is in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 2. And the Lord asked uh, Moses, what is that in your hand? And a lot of times we have things available to us that we we don't think much of it. It was just a stick. It was just a, a rod, you know, that Moses had. And and uh, so the Lord said, what is that? And Moses, all he thought it was is just a rod. And so he says, it's a rod. And the Lord said, well, cast it down on the ground. And when he cast it on the ground, it turned into a snake. And so Moses jumps away and is very afraid of the situation because Moses found out that that rod was more than just a rod. It could be something else as well. The things we have in our hand, the things we have available to us, they may not seem like much, but when they're put in the hands of God, it's amazing what can come of those. So uh, then the Lord said, well, take the snake by the, the tail. And when Moses did, it turned into his rod again. But Moses wasn't convinced and the Lord gave him some other things. Uh, the Lord was trying to show Moses that when you go with me, you are going in my power, not in your power. It isn't about you, Moses. It's about you working with me, and between the two of us, we're going to see this thing happen. Because with God, one person plus God is a majority in any battle. And so he comes, you know, to the place he's still fussing about it. He said, no, Lord, I'm not able to even talk right. And God's not looking for people that can always talk right. He's looking for people that are willing, that are available for his love and grace to flow through them. I'm not the 
the best speaker and things like that, that's for sure. But the Lord called me into the ministry and, and had me preaching for 30-some years. Um, and today he's helping me on this program. You know, it, it's not about us. It's about whether we're willing to be used to the Lord to help those that are in distress or those that need help. And and uh, so Moses just kept fussing around and, and he said... Um, I'm not able to speak right. And, and the Lord said, well, who made the person's mouth in the first place? Who made the, the dumb and the deaf? And, and uh, who was it that created your mouth? And, it, and what the Lord was saying, if I create your mouth, I can put the words that you need. I can help you to, to do what you can't do yourself. And so the Lord calls upon us sometimes to do things that we cannot do in our own strength. And uh, there's a lot of things that we can't do in our own strength. And Jesus told his disciples, without me, you can't do anything. But then there's the scripture that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so it isn't a matter of whether we have a lot of talents and we can do a lot of things. But it's, are we willing to let God use us in the way that he wants to for the deliverance of people? There are people today, they may not be in the same kind of bondage that Israel was in back there, but they're under a taskmaster too. And the devil is a terrible taskmaster and so if we don't know the Lord is our personal Savior and we haven't got a loving relationship with him, if we're still in our sin, that sin is a terrible taskmaster. And God calls people to try to help them to get out of that sinful condition, tells them about the Lord Jesus that can save them from their sins and help them in that way. And so we we need to realize that whatever we have, if we give it to God, God can take whatever it is and use it in a wonderful, marvelous way. So this is what the Lord was trying to show Moses and finally got the message across. He had to make some provision for Moses for a while that he would uh, kind of get used to the idea of being God's spokesman. So he said, uh, your brother Aaron, he knows how to speak. I'll send him over to help you. So about halfway between uh, Moses obeying what God told him to do, he meets his brother Aaron, which is also uh, was told by the Lord to meet his brother Moses. And so you see, God knows how to orchestrate everything just right. And so if we will just put our hand in God's hand and put whatever we have under the direction of the Lord, then we'll be amazed how God can use that. As a matter of fact, God is able to use us much better if we think we can't do it ourselves. Because if we think we can do it ourselves, we might try to do so and end up messing things up. 
But if we know we can't do it, we depend upon God to help us. Whatever God's calling us to do, he will help us to do that. And uh, so I just want to encourage you today that you may think that you don't have much, that uh, how could God use you? That's what I thought when the Lord called me into the ministry over 50 years ago. And uh, I tried for a long time to convince the Lord that that wasn't the thing he really wanted, but he wasn't convinced very well, just like with Moses, you know. And maybe some of you have had the same situation, that you didn't think that you could really do it, but eventually you yielded to the Lord and you were really glad that you did. When we yield our lives to the Lord, it always turns out much better. And uh, we're just, I just know that God is able to do great things through you if you're willing to let him do it his way. And so we're on our second break, and this is Howard Eugene Wright. I'm hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. We're talking about questions that God asks people and uh, the results of those questions. God always has a reason for questioning us. And when God starts answering starts asking questions to us, we need to set up and listen to what he has to say because he does have something good in mind for us when he starts questioning us. And sometimes it's just to correct us on what we've done or what we're doing and help us to get in a position where we can do better. Now, Jonah is a person like that. Jonah was at the time when Israel was having a terrible time with the Ninevites. And the Ninevites were really coming over and taking their food and doing all kinds of things, you know, and battling them and fighting them and what have you. And and they weren't uh, the best friends with Israel. They were far from it. And Jonah was a prophet of the Lord. And so the The Lord tells Jonah, he says, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to tell those people if they don't straighten up pretty fast, they're going to be destroyed. And so Jonah knew enough about God that God would be merciful if these people uh, listened to the message. And so Jonah wasn't in any big hurry to go over there. And so he takes a boat and he decides to go just the opposite direction from what the Lord warned him to go. That's a dangerous thing. When God decides that you're going to do something, it's a good idea to go ahead and do it. Because if God has you in mind to do it, just like we found out with Moses, then uh, it's a good idea to say, yes, Lord, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? And uh, not to have a rebellious spirit against what God wants you to do like so many do today. There are so many today that they hear the voice of the Lord all right, and conviction settles down on them, 
And if it's coming from a preacher, they might call that a hate crime rather than realizing that God is talking to them, that he is trying to get through to them. They shut the door of their heart and they just go their own merry way. So Jonah decided he was going to go just the opposite way from what God wanted him to go. He was going to get as far away from Nineveh as he could. So he got in a boat, and he got down and went to sleep. And uh, all at once, the waves started almost sinking the boat. And the harder they tried to do anything about it, the worse it got. <clears throat> and so they said, what's going on here? Let's find out what's happening. And finally, everything pointed to Mo, to uh, Jonah. And he they came to Jonah, and they say, Jonah, what's this all about? Who are you? What are you here for? So on and so forth. And Jonah said, well, I'm a servant of the Lord. And, and uh, he didn't tell the people that he was going against God. And, but they finally figured it out. And uh, so they said, well, what are we going to do? He said, just throw me over the boat. Jonah knew that his that he was uh, no need to try to run from God. So he said, just throw me over the boat. He was figuring, you know, well, I'll drown. I won't have to worry about going over to Nineveh. And it's better to drown than go to Nineveh. That's probably some of the things he's thinking about. But God had something else in mind. And, you know, a lot of people make fun of this. They said, how could a big fish... How could a whale swallow a man and him survive it? This is what happened to Jonah. And uh, so they say, well, this is just a fairy tale or this is uh, whatever, you know. But this actually happened. There was a big fish that God prepared. Uh, The original language doesn't call it a whale. It was just a large fish that God prepared for that particular purpose. You see, God can do anything that he pleases. And he, he'll he do whatever he needs to do in order to help us to do his will because he knows that's always best for us and the people that are involved, even though we don't think so. So one thing led to another, and uh, we find that Jonah realizes it might be a good idea to mind God after all. So the Lord uh, had that fish belching Noah up on land and he headed for Nineveh. He, when he got to Nineveh, he began to tell those people, now you, you better straighten up. Uh, you've got just so much time here and at the end of the time, if you if you don't straighten up, uh, God's going to bring judgment down on you and it's not going to be a pretty picture. And so uh, the people, including the king, he gets down off of his throne. He repents. They turn away from all their wicked things. And uh, they even put sackcloth on their animals. They quit eating. And they're really bemoaning the fact and trusting God to be merciful to them, even though they knew any, didn't know anything about God before then. And we're destroying God's property and everything else. There have been people down through history that God has miraculously turned their lives around. And we hear about it all the time, that God can take a, a sinner that's lost and 
and so far from God and doesn't know a thing about him or anything else, that he can take that person and clean them up and help them to turn from their sins and and uh, make them a blessing rather than a curse to themselves and everyone else. Because that's what salvation is all about, is that God takes us who are sinners by nature and makes us children of his. But uh, so they quit their sinning, and God decided he wasn't going to bring judgment on them. Now, this is what Jonah knew all along. That's the reason why he was running. So he's pretty upset with that. He's angry with that. And the Lord says, uh, are you doing right by being angry? And Jonah said, I'm being, I'm doing perfectly right. And so the Lord is uh, kind and it gets rather hot and he's, he's sitting there on a hill waiting for God to bring judgment down on those people. And the chance of that happening is about a million to one. But he's uh, hoping against hope. He's, he's so rattled up that God would uh, have mercy on these people that uh, he preached to. And that's pretty bad when a preacher preaches thinking that, well, God's not, these people aren't going to listen to him and the judgment's going to come. That That's really getting bad for sure. But <laughs> here we have him. And he's sitting there, and the Lord is kind to him, and he puts up a gourd, you know, a vine. And it it's a shade for Jonah, and Jonah's really happy about that. But then no more, and he gets happy about it, and the Lord uh, sends a worm along and kills the vine. And Jonah's right back where he started from. And he's angry again. It's a terrible thing when we let anger take over our lives. And... We just see things through our own eyes, through that angry spirit. We we need to get rid of an angry spirit before it gets rid of us. And so the Lord is continually trying to help Jonah to realize, and I actually he's trying to help us too to realize that God is merciful and he has a right to be so. So the last thing he asked Jonah is in uh, Jonah 4, verse 11. It's the last question and there's no answer to this but he says should i not spare nineveh that great city wherein are more than says six score that's sixty sixty thousand six score would be six sixty and then there's thousands so the sixty thousand people that uh cannot discern between their right hand and their left. And also, there's a great bunch of cattle there. And uh, so, the Lord shows the importance of these people just as much as the Israelites. The Israelites had got to the idea, you know, that they were the only tribe that that uh, no one else counted, and, and God was blessing them, but too bad about the rest of you. And... Uh, when Jesus finally came and and opened up the love and mercy of God to everyone, the Jewish people didn't exactly appreciate that. And, uh, you know, it, it just went down one generation to the next, got worse and worse. If we don't take care of our anger and take care of our sins, 
in our generation, then it could very well come to the next generation and the next generation. And I'm afraid that's what's happening to America right now and to a lot of other places. Back there are forefathers who knew the Lord. They didn't they didn't bring it to the next generation. So the next generation got worse, and it got worse. And it's where we are today because we didn't listen to God back there and um, maybe three or four generations back. And it comes to the third and fourth generation when people don't obey God back there. And then the third and fourth generation have to suffer that. And that's what we're doing today. We have so many that are so rebellious against God that ought to really know better. We can look around all around us and we know there's a God. And anyone that says there that there isn't is not using the good sense that God gave them. And they think they're so smart and so sophisticated, professing themselves to become to be wise, they become fools. And a lot of people are fooling around with things that they really shouldn't be fooling around with and are bringing destruction on themselves and on others. And uh, it's a sad situation indeed. When we get angry with what God is doing, when we get angry with God's love to others, and we want to be Him to be exclusive with us, God loves everyone. The Bible tells us that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever should believe in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So Jesus came for the whosoever. And he doesn't look at us to see whether we're a particular kind of people, whether we've got a good education or whatever. He looks at us to see if we're willing to repent of our sins, turn away from our sins, and let him be the loving Savior, Master, Lord, the loving friend that he wants to be. We're at our next break, so this is... Howard Eugene Wright, I'm hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Let's get back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. You know, we're here looking at the questions that God asks people. And I'm just giving a few of them, and it might be of interest to you to go through your Bible and find out the questions that God asks people and then find out what the result is afterward. When God starts questioning us, there's a very good reason for it, and it's always with a good end in mind. And it's always to teach us a lesson. And it isn't that God doesn't know the answer to these questions. He does. He just uses questions to teach us, to show us, to help us, to realize that it does pay to serve Jesus each step of the way, that it is best to let God have his way with you. And we need to get close enough to God that we can hear him. And he might ask us some questions, too, that might turn our lives around. And so 
Um, the last one I'm going to add, talk about is the ones that Jesus asked, because we know that Jesus is God. And so Jesus, as God in the flesh, um, is now asking the disciples some questions, and um, they demand an answer. So he starts out by showing that he's more than just an ordinary person. The disciples um, got a little frustrated here, a little confused, when the Lord said, uh, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And, you know, that was the thing that kind of boils up the... the uh, it was... Uh, the leaven is, is the sin, the the rebellion or whatever you want to think about. But he said, take heed of that. And the disciples, they thought that God, that Jesus was complaining because he didn't bring any bread. And, you know, they really missed the whole point. And if we're not careful, we we can miss the point when, when Jesus is talking to us, when God wants to talk to us. We can miss the whole point. We can think, well, God's going to take all these things away from me. I'll lose my friends. I might have to change my life. And uh, so we, we miss the whole point. We, we're we looking at things from just our own level, and we're not thinking about the what God really has for us. But he says to him, he said, uh, why are you reasoning because you didn't take bread? Uh, do you, don't you understand? Uh, uh, is it because of the hardness of your heart? And this is in uh, Mark uh, chapter 8 and begins at verse 17. And so he's talking to him. He says, you got eyes, but do you see? you got ears, but can you hear? He said, don't you remember what I did back there? He said, I fed 5,000 people back there with two loaves and, and uh, some fish. And he said, I'm not talking about bread i'm I'm talking about the the sin of these people and he he says uh, in verse twenty one he says, "How is it that you do not understand? You know the Lord was clear enough about it. He was telling them, don't let get tripped up on these things that these people are doing and saying, and don't be like them. It's what he was really trying to tell them. But he said, don't you have any understanding? And the Bible tells us that before we really find the Lord, we really, or should I say the Lord finds us, but before that happens, our minds and our consciences are corrupted, and the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, and it has a tendency to go in the wrong direction if we're not led by the Lord. So he He's trying to get them to understand that he is greater than what they think he is. It hadn't been all that long since Jesus did that, and they should have caught the whole thing. But then it comes down to verse 27, and he says, Whom do men say that I am? He asked the disciples, Who do people around here tell you that I am? And they said, well, some of them say you're Elijah. Uh, some of them tell, say that you're one of the old prophets, and on and on he went, you know. 
And then Jesus said, but whom do you say that I am? Whom do you say that I am? The Lord is interested in what we think about him, not just what other people think about him, but what do you think about Jesus? And there's a lot of people today that don't even want to hear the name of Jesus. They, they don't want anyone praying in Jesus' name and what have you, you know. They, they hate the name of Jesus. But he's asking the people who are professing to be Christians, what do you think about Jesus? What do you think I am? Who do you think I am? And uh, Peter speaks up and he says, uh, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. You're the one that Israel's been looking for all the time. You're, you're the anointed one. You're the, the savior of the world. And uh, then this is right after, you know, that, that they had messed up so badly. But the Lord showed Peter that Jesus was more than just a man. He was the Messiah. He was the uh, one that they were looking for, that the Jewish people were looking for. God raised up 12 people that he called disciples to get that message out to the ends of the world. And Peter was one of the main ones. So the Lord showed this to him. But then Peter turns right back around, and he's a mess again. He, the Lord's telling how that he's going to have to suffer and, and uh, die and, and raise again, and, and this is going to be for their good and everything. And, and uh, Peter says, that's not going to happen. You know, here, that's what happens when we have a spirit, a uh, carnal spirit. And Jesus came that he might deliver us from that. But then the, the main question is that I want to leave you with today. And that is in Mark chapter 8, verses 36 and 37. And Jesus is asking his disciples again, For what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And a lot of people are giving some pretty shaky things for their soul today. And... We can't take any of the stuff that we've got with us. When we die, there's not going to be a hearse behind us to carry all the stuff. We came into this world with nothing, and we're going to leave with nothing. And if we uh, just devote ourselves to this life and what we can get out of this, and we don't look at our spiritual life, what have we really gained? We can gain the whole world. We can own the whole world. And there's people that own a lot of it. And yet, some of those people are the most miserable people in the world that have the most of this world. Because, for one thing, the way the stock markets are going, they're, they're so rattled, they might lose it overnight and things like this. And the more you have, the problem is, the more you want. And you never get quite enough. And I heard one person said, how much is enough? He said, just one more dollar. And, you know, that's the way people get when they turn it, their life over to just gaining the world. And, and so the Lord said, what, what's it going to profit you if you gain all the world? He said that we're to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the Lord will add the things that we need on a daily basis. And so uh, God is not against us having some of these good things 
of life, and but he's against us worshiping those, of thinking that that's all we need, that's all we have to have. We we need God today. We need to turn our lives to Him. We need to let Him have His way with us, that we might have more than just a life that we hope turns out all right, where we can have joy and peace, all the fruit of the Spirit, the rivers of living water flowing out from us. We can have so much more if we'll just let the Lord be the real Lord in our life and not let everything else. But what does it really profit us if we gain it all and we lose our health, if we lose our souls, we lose everything that's good and, and right, what have we really gained? We haven't gained anything. There's so many people that are running after the world today, trying to be more popular, and so on and so forth, and and yet uh, it always comes to a dead-end road because nothing is really going to work until we let God come into our lives and let Him be the Lord of our lives. So we're at the end of our program. I thank you for being a part of us today and of, of joining us and and take seriously what I'm saying to you. I'm not trying to be aggravating or confusing to you. I'm just trying to help you. And we'll we'll see you next week and may the Lord bless you and keep you And so this is Howard Eugene Wright with Rivers of Living Water signing off of TalkZone.com.